Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, for a legal system to be effective, those who would petition the court or bring their concerns before it must have complete confidence in those appointed to serve. After all, who would want to come before a court if they did not have the integrity to come to an accurate and just conclusion about the case? Character and trust are the bedrock on which all legal systems are built. That no matter who the person is on either side of the case, whether rich or poor, the facts of the case, the truth of the matter will determine the outcome. Justice, so they say, is blind, or so it should be. But what happens when an officer of the court openly and knowingly stands in the way of justice and rendering a right verdict. There is a term for this, obstruction of justice, and that is, in fact, a crime. The man on trial here this morning is in exactly that position. Now, we are all familiar with the character of Pontius Pilate. After all, we say his name each time we confess the Apostles' Creed. We say that Jesus was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Now, Pilate never even wanted to be in Judea. He was stationed in that desert outpost against his will, and he had, by all counts, messed things up pretty good. Higher authorities in Rome had their eye on him, and so he needed to have his thumb on any issues in Israel and quash them before they rose to a more dangerous level. Now the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin as it was called, bring Jesus to Pilate. They claim that Pilate needs to do something about Jesus because they do not have the legal right under Roman law to execute him themselves. Now we have heard the charges brought against Jesus. We have heard Pilate explicitly state that he found no guilt in him. He was not guilty of anything. Pilate hears the facts of the case and renders a verdict. But how does the mob respond? If Pilate does not give the verdict they want, then he is no friend of Caesar. They will go over his head and make sure that it is Pilate's head that is dealt with severely. So what does Pilate do? He asked the question that I'm sure we have all asked at times, what is truth? Is, is there a definitive, objective truth? If there is, then he must follow it. He must make sure that truth is the final word. But if not, if truth is subjective, if it is what he says or she says, or what others say it to be, then Pilate has an opportunity to save himself. In a cowardly act of self-preservation, Pilate chooses his comfortable position and his reputation over what he knows to be truth. As the prisoner who is the way, the truth, and the life stands before him, the Roman governor does not choose to carry out justice. He does not follow truth. By denying the truth, he renders a dishonest verdict. Pilate obstructs justice. Jesus should not have been convicted. He should have been allowed to walk away.
there is no reason to execute him. But much like each of you, ladies and gentlemen, Pilate tries to find a way of doing, find a way out of doing what is right and just. How many times in your life have you come to this place, sat in these pews, heard God's word preached, confessed your faith, and received God's good gifts? But the moment that you are confronted with a person who holds different beliefs or questions your faith, you back down, choosing the comfort of your good reputation rather than the truth of God's word. You'd rather save yourself from embarrassment than stand up for the one who saved you by his death. How many times have you thought to yourself, well, I know God tells me this behavior is wrong, but is that really true? The Bible, it's pretty old after all, and surely God did not mean for this to be true forever. I mean, we're enlightened now, right? When we start asking questions like this, judging God's word against our own feelings and culture, who do we sound like? We sound like the same one who asked Eve in the Garden of Eden, did God really tell you that you shouldn't eat from this tree? When you think and speak and act like this, you act as if the person in front of you is not worthy of hearing about the most important thing in your life. Jesus wants you to confess him as Lord in front of others, but instead you treat yourself more highly and you hesitate to confess his name. You know what it is to obstruct justice, and I'm sure that you can identify it in Pilate because you're already skilled at it yourself. Thank you, Your Honor. Nothing further. I'm sure you've all heard the phrase, stuck between a rock and a hard place. It describes those inevitably difficult moments in life when you seem to be backed into a corner. You got two options, but there are negative consequences both ways. You're immobilized by the situation. Maybe your child has a soccer game after school, or maybe it's a school performance. But as a single parent, you cannot undedicate yourself from the meeting that you have at work. You need to have promotion. You need to promote what will help your family to survive. So there's no way to skip that meeting. Or maybe that friend at whom you repeatedly rescheduled a coffee date is beginning to wonder if maybe you're just blowing them off when you call her for the third time and say, oh, I have a flat tire and I'm stuck at the shop. Maybe the electric bill is due, but the water has already been turned off and you can only pay one bill for this paycheck. These situations of life in which we find ourselves, ordinary people are often faced with decisions that have negative consequences on both sides. For Pilate, the defendant here today, having Jesus brought to him was the last thing he needed or wanted. He knew well that he'd made mistakes and wasn't necessarily on the good side of his employer at the time, the emperor, but in charge of the Judah system, of the Roman system in Judah, was no easy task. Especially when the people of Judah couldn't get along. They were forever fighting about nitpicking little things about the Jewish law. So from a legal perspective, when Jesus came before Pilate, 
It was fairly cut and dry. Pilate was certainly intrigued by the claim that had been brought against Jesus. This was certainly something you didn't see every day. A man claiming to be king of the Jews. There was only one king, and his name was Caesar. Everybody knew that, including the Jews. So you see, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, there really was no easy solution to the problem. Pilate knew, even from the facts of the situation, that Jesus wasn't guilty of anything. But when the Jewish leaders were unhappy with Pilate's initial declaration of Jesus' innocence, they knew exactly what to do. They applied pressure exactly where it would force a reaction from Pilate, his need to preserve his job and his life. I'll be the first to admit that this is the reality of the case. Pilate was faced with the choice between one man's guilt or innocence and a certain revolt that would certainly lead to the loss of his own job and not his life. At a certain point, it just becomes a decision about what is best for the greatest number of people, including himself. So he washed his hands and gave the order that Jesus should be executed. Fortunately, for you and me, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this same idea is the central reason that Jesus was brought to Pilate in the first place. These are the same thoughts and ideas Jesus surely must have had. He saw your sin and your need of a Savior. He was there when you shied away from speaking the truth of God's word to those who needed to hear it. He knows those dark, deep places. You pretend that you're not hiding in your life. But the difference between Jesus, Pilate, and you is that Jesus didn't stand in the way of justice being done. Instead, Jesus gives himself up as the sacrifice, allowing justice to be done through him. Jesus endures the false accusations, the ridicule, the scourging, and the sentence of death for one reason, so that the divine ledger might be wiped clean once and for all. Because of Jesus, the book that once contained all your sins, written in ink, ink that could not be erased, was washed away, covered by the innocent blood, his innocent blood. Jesus faced the same rock-in-a-hard-place decision, and those same emotions all the way to the cross. He felt their immobilizing weight, but he allowed himself to be nailed to another hard place, the cross, where he bled and died to wipe your slate clean. Think back to each one of those times you failed to act just as God desires you to do. And then remember the blood of Jesus, the love of Jesus that flows from the cross, covers a multitude of sins. You have obstructed justice, but in Jesus, divine justice was fully satisfied. Jesus suffered the penalty of death in your place. He fulfilled all righteousness. He rose from the dead, and that means that you walk free and clear. You are not guilty. Thank you, Your Honor. Nothing further. We stand to confess our sins.